Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our special guest today, Carson Fulmer, who is a pitcher for the White Sox and, of course, had three outstanding years for Vanderbilt, including the 2014 national title year. This show is sponsored by the Well Coffee House, a Nashville-area coffee house that provides fresh roast coffee along with house-made pastries, breakfast, and lunch offerings. There are four locations to serve you in the Nashville area. Those are in Brentwood, Green Hills, Downtown, and Bellevue. You can get more information at wellcoffeehouse.org. The Well Coffee House, where coffee changes lives. We thank our co-presenting sponsor, Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center, located in the Gulch. Today's news presented by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Saban Lee is going pro. The Commodore Guard has one year of eligibility remaining. He finished his career Really on a high note, getting four 30-point games out of his last 11 at Vandy. The guest line is presented by Bowling Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable sheets could be until I got Bowling Branch sheets. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Carson Fulmer is my guest now. He is a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Of course, if you're listening, you probably know him as one of the stars of Vanderbilt Baseball from 2013 to 2015, which remains the most successful three-year run, not just in Vanderbilt Baseball history, but probably in the history of all its athletics programs. Carson, I appreciate you joining me today. How are you, sir? Um, Great. No, thanks for having me. Catch people up on your life. You were married, and I believe you said living out in Seattle. You, of course, were in the middle of spring training with the White Sox. Uh, So just tell people where you are with your life these days. Uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, I live in the Seattle area currently um, with the White Sox still. And, um, you know, just uh, enjoying every time, you know, every every moment that I can get – playing professional baseball and, and um, going to the field and, and being a major league baseball player. But, uh, you know, it's um, life's good. I can't complain. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep pushing every day and, and take advantage of every opportunity that I can uh, each day I can uh, go to the field. Well, I told you some of this off mic or off podcast, but not all of this. I have covered Vanderbilt since 03. I've covered the major three sports. You were my favorite athlete that I've ever covered. Uh, Not just your story on the field and how you carried yourself, but the way you treated us off the field. You are a pleasure and a joy to cover. Uh, You were also one of the greatest athletes Vanderbilt's ever had. I'm in the middle of doing a countdown of the 100 greatest athletes I have ever covered. I've not made any final decisions yet, but let's just say you're going to be at or near very – top of that list so I really appreciate you joining me today I think this is going to be a lot of fun because boy the memories of covering you are among the best I've had and I'm honored that you're with us today not just because of the career you had but because of the person 
I got to know in you just a little bit. And uh, so thank you again for that. No, I really appreciate it. Um, it's very humbling. It's, uh, you know, obviously going, going to Vanderbilt was, was, uh, was a dream come true to me. And, um, for you to say something like that, it's, uh, uh, I feel very honored and, um, you know, uh, I feel the same. You guys were great to me and, and I, and I really appreciate you guys, uh, your support and, and all you guys did for us, uh, making sure that everybody knew, um, you know, exactly, uh, what we were going through those last three years. So, um, I really appreciate it. Carson, let's start with the story of how you got to Vanderbilt. And I think your parents are a little bit older and Tim Corbin had told me at one time that you did most of your planning for your official visits and things like that. Just walk us through the recruiting process and how you settled on Vanderbilt. Uh, yes. Um, you know, uh, to keep a long story short, I, uh, uh, where, where to begin? Um, I, I took it a little different route than a uh, majority of people. Um, I actually waited till the deadline to, to commit to, to a school. Um, you know, I, uh, I went to high school in Winter Haven at All Saints Academy, uh, played baseball growing up just because I loved, loved the sport, obviously. And, um, you know, was, was given the freedom by my parents to pick and choose what exactly I wanted to play. Um, I tried to play as many sports as, as I could growing up and, um, you know, obviously stuck with baseball, took it a little more seriously than, than the others. And, and, um, you know, started drawing a little bit of interest from college. Um, you know, uh, I never really thought about playing baseball or professional baseball very much, excuse me. And, and, um, you know, I, found out soon that in you know about ninth or tenth grade that I may have the opportunity to to play college ball and and really more importantly just um to get a, to, you know get an opportunity to get a scholarship and help my parents out financially and um you know started drawing interest from a lot of schools and uh you know went off to summer ball was able to, to draw some interest from Vandy um but not only Vandy but a couple of, of schools that we played quite a bit um, in college, and uh, you know, I remember a conversation in my sophomore year with my dad, and um, he sat me down and goes, "Son, you know, I uh, I want to help you with this. Uh, your mom and I want you know to help you with the college process. Um, is there anything I can do for you?" And um, you know, I looked at him and I and I told him, "Hey, Dad, listen, uh, you know, I think this is part of my." Um, this is part of my life. This is stuff that is going to help me mature as a, as an adult. Um, you know, I want to, I want to do this whole process myself. Uh, you know, I started with hand, handwritten letters. Um, I, uh, was able to, to reach out to a lot of coaches by phone and just introduce myself. Um, and, uh, luckily I had my listener down to five schools, um, going into my, my, uh, senior year. Um, I had some uh, tough conversation with coaches uh, telling them that, um, you know, their, their school was, uh, you know, that my list has been narrowed down and, um, you know, it, it was tough and um, that I may not be, be choosing them, but uh, you know, the one school that stuck out the most was, was Vanderbilt and Tim and, and coach Tim Corbin and um, Vandy ended up being my, my last of my five official visits um, came to Nashville 
was treated, um, unbelievably. And, uh, you know, um, about a week before the deadline or actually a couple of days before the deadline, uh, I could call coach Corb and I said, coach, you know, listen, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very high driven academic guy as well. And, and, uh, you know, this one definitely the place for me and I, and I appreciate the opportunity and, um, you know, little did I know that that may, uh, <laughs> that may start the best three years of my life. Um, I'm so honored to be a, to be soon a Vanderbilt grad, um, in which I'm about to re-enroll, uh, this summer for classes. And, uh, you know, it's, um, an opportunity that I'll never forget. And it has definitely, um, you know, set up my life for, for success. I'm very grateful to, to have the opportunity to, um, you know, be a, be a Commodore. If you didn't go to Vanderbilt, where would you have gone? You know what? I, uh, my dad went to Florida state. Um, he is a big Seminole, uh, <laughs> it kind of helped me drive a little harder when, when we played Florida very much. Cause he was not a, a big Gator fan, but, um, you know, I, I may have stayed in state, but I, I don't really know. I, I really had it down actually to, uh, to, uh, uh, Vanderbilt or Virginia, uh, honestly. Um, I know that I really haven't told a lot of people that, but, um, you know, that's what made the, uh, the last couple of championship games, the last couple of years really special to me. Um, you know, not that there was any, you know, con, you know, conflicting issues or anything like that, but, um, it was pretty surreal. Um, you know, I took those two, you know, schools seriously, very seriously. And, um, I wanted to get out of the state of Florida. I think that when it all came down to it, um, you know, I, uh, I wanted to get out. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and I really wanted to experience something new. Um, I felt like that was the only thing that was going to help me mature and, and become a man. So, uh, I was definitely able to do that. And, um, like I said earlier, uh, little did I know that those would become the, the best three years of my life and, um, years in which I've met people that have changed my life completely. Those games that you guys have had with Florida over the years were just epic. I mean, just incredibly competitive contests. I got the feeling you guys didn't like each other very much. What was it like on the inside, that rivalry with the Gators? Uh, you know, uh, you're right. Um, we didn't like each other at all. We still don't like each other very much. Um, you know, that's just my competitive side speaking. Um you know, uh, obviously with the relationship that Forbes has with Sully, I think that there's a, there's that best friend, uh, you know, competition where, um, you know, off the field, they really enjoy the, the relationship that they have, but on the field, uh, you know, they want to win. Um, you know, I think that uh, me personally growing up, not liking the, <laughs> the Gators very much through my dad or, or uh, my family, um, you know, I can't, I think that kind of, uh, you know, drove a lot of it, but um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what it was. I, uh, man, we, we had some incredible games against them. And, um, you know, I have a couple of, of Gators on the, in the White Sox organization now. And we always joke about uh, the times and memories that we had playing against each other. So, um 
it's still there. Uh, I don't think it'll ever go away. And, um, you know, those are definitely games that I'll always remember, um, you know, win or loss. Those were incredible and um, definitely some good memories that I've had uh, playing against them in my career. Let's rewind to your career. You come to Vanderbilt your first season is 2013. That, of course, the year that you guys went 26-3 and in the league. That's a record I don't think will ever be broken. Now, that's a season that you can look at two ways because it was so incredible. I think you guys were 48-7 and at one point, which is unheard of for a major college baseball team. Heck, for a college baseball team, period. And yet that ends with that loss to Louisville and Nashville before you get to Omaha. Just unpack that 2013 season and tell me how you remember that seven years later. Uh, what an incredible team. Um, I mean, we were pretty much unbeatable. Um, you know, uh, I think it has to start with, obviously, the the older leadership that we had um, on that team. I think that uh, whew, we, we had a lot of young guys um, come in uh, that would turn out to be pretty successful. I think that we were um, groomed very well um, by the veteran leadership that we had. Uh, they took us under our wing um, very soon once we got onto campus, and we were just so close. We, we were such a close team. Um, the results obviously were very unfortunate because I think if we get past Louisville there, um, we have a very good chance of, of – uh, you know, going on a, on a national championship run. Um, I don't know. I think that that just, again, I think it groomed my class or our class, uh, especially um, for the time that, that we were there. We were, we were so close. It, it couldn't have been a better team personality wise with, with Kemp and Yaz and Harold. And uh, I mean, wow. Uh, Steven Rice. Um, it was uh, it was an incredible time. It was an incredible team, and um, you know we we still all look back on that team as as being probably one of the best teams ever played at at Vandy. But um, you know it was uh, I think a lot of those memories are you know pretty clear. Obviously, all my memories at Vandy were very clear, but the ones in 2013 I think really stick out the most because. You know, as a freshman and, you know, a group of freshmen that were going to play there and, and have a lot of success, you know, a lot of stuff was was new. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty in terms of just trying to get, you know, the feel and, and trying to do the right, you know, the things the right the way, you know, things the right way. And, and um, you know, I think that uh, that was a very special year, I think, moving forward and especially continue on to the next couple of years that we all played there. 2014 was a weird time because you lose Tony Kemp, you lose Mike Yastrzemski, Connor Harrell, Conrad Gregor, Kevin Zomek. I think Spencer Navin was gone after that year, too. Lots of guys that had played a lot of great baseball for you. And you come off that 2013 season that didn't end the way you want. But I remember this very clearly, Carson. I was, at the time, my son was born just across the street from your campus. It is what is now St. Thomas Hospital. It's now It was Baptist, I believe, at the time. But I remember mm-hmm. I had an interview scheduled with him in his office, and I literally just drove across the street 
uh, a day or two after my son was born while we're still there. And I remember having this funny feeling when I left. It's like you have all these new faces, but boy, you guys had some talent. It was you and Walker Bueller and Xavier Turner, some good players left over. I just had a weird feeling that that was your year. Did that ever cross your mind before the season of 2014? Uh, we were very hungry. Um, we were very disappointed with, with how 13 ended. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, with that being, I, I shouldn't say it's a reality check, but um, with that being our first season, uh, we knew what we had. I think that, uh Again, our, our relationships were starting to build very, very fast. And I think we started getting really comfortable with one another. Um, and obviously, it was very upsetting to Corbs. Um, you know, he's always going to say that, you know, he was uh, upset for us. Um, I think that really hit him hard uh, with the previous year because I knew exactly, he knew exactly what we had. And, um, him losing a bunch of seniors and older guys we really had to take I think more I think we had to we had to take a lot more in and realize that we have the team to do this um we have the leadership to do this and you know I think that uh <clears throat> I think when we kind of stepped back all of us knew exactly what we needed to do and you know that was the younger guys step up um we need younger leadership on this team um you know with having a 26 and 3 season in the sec it's very unheard of like you said <laughs> like you said earlier but uh all of us quote-unquote young guys we've been there before now we necessarily haven't gone that far in playoff baseball but we've had success in the league um and you know we wanted to make that next push and uh we all embraced it Bottom line, we all embraced the, the opportunity to go out and play and, and have success. And um, we were going to take every each and one of us uh, with us along the journey. And I think that that was uh, uh, a great opportunity and, and, you know, a moment that we'll cherish, uh, cherish for the rest of our lives, to, to be honest. It was a very special year and, and uh, you know, luckily one, we were, we were uh, very successful. Heading into 2014, I think a lot of us, me included, figured you'd be pitching out of the rotation. Of course, you made it for a pretty good closer as well. You're pitching in the pen to start the season. What were your thoughts on that? Whatever I could do to help the team. I know that sounds pretty cliche, but, um, you know, I had so much respect for my teammates. I had um, so much respect for what Corbs was trying to do that, um, I was just going to sit back and, and, uh, work as hard as I possibly could, um, turn any type of role, uh, to pitch and, and have the opportunity to go out and help Vandy win. I think that that was just the number one goal. We all wanted to win. We, we didn't care what job we had. We didn't care about, uh, you know, who was going to do what or when we were going to do it. It was, you know, any opportunity that we had to, to go out there and help us win was big. And, um, you know, I certainly wasn't going to be one to stand up and, and ask for a job or, 
um, marching to, you know, Corbs' office and go, Corbs, this is what I'm thinking. You know, I, I want this opportunity. I want this job. I, I just, anytime he handed me the ball and, and told me to go get it, and that was uh, that was it. If I pitched two days in a row and needed to pitch a third, if I needed to go out and pitch 140 pitches um, in one game, it, it didn't matter. It, it was uh, it was go time, and um, you know I was able to to learn that from a lot of veteran guys uh, early on in my career at Vandy, and um, you know it was uh, it was it was a, it was a blessing. I think I still have this mentality in my career now, and um, you know I was just willing to do whatever it took for for us to, to put a W in the in the win column. Of course, I'm going to walk through various junctures of that season. Here's where I'm going to start. Okay, part of the way into that season, you guys have won 23 straight regular season series on the weekend, which was just crazy. And then you get into conference play. I think you beat LSU first in the first weekend, but then it gets a little tougher. You lose four of your next five series. So all of a sudden you're used to winning every week, and all of a sudden you're not. That said, the last one in that series was Arkansas, where you go into the rotation and you win that game, and it really, even though you lose the series, that starts the turnaround. What are you guys thinking as a team around that time? Again, another special team. Um, you know, I think that uh, – oh, man, I, I think that that was a little bit of the turning point. Um, I think at that point we were still – trying to figure out uh, who was going to take control of the team. I think that, uh, you know, we definitely wanted to get off and start SEC play on the right foot. But, um, you know, I think that uh, that was kind of the, the push in the right direction for us as a team. Um, you know, honestly, it, it, that's kind of a tough question to, to answer because, um you know, you kind of have to sit back as much as you want to push as a team and, you know, as much as you want to personally help influence a team, um, you just have to respect that everybody's going to get their job done. Um, they're going to play their role. And you, sometimes th there's a there's a period in that season where you just have to sit back and you just have to play, right? It's too It's not too early and it's not too late. You know, as long as we're playing the game the right way and we're trying to um, establish ourselves within our culture is the most important thing. And I think that was that part of the season where we were starting to play pretty good ball. Um, we weren't trying to be perfect, but that was where we kind of just sat back and, and just let each other play. And I think that that was the time that we needed in order to kind of get things rolling a little bit yeah and after that the schedule eases up you guys get hot I think you um have a big win or two against Florida later that year you go into the regional you're hosting your 41 and 18 Tyler Beatty goes out and throws one of the best games of his life against Xavier on that Friday night game that sets the stage for you in game two against Oregon you throw 122 pitches you give up two runs in eight innings. You guys end up getting the win that night, which game two in the regional is huge. Once you win that game, you're normally going to the, win the regional. What do you remember about that night? 
honestly, the one moment that sticks out to me the most is, uh, you know, I think that I remember Peyton laying down that, that ball, uh, that bunt down the first baseline. Um, and I remember the ball. I'm not the fastest guy on the team, just to say that, but um, I remember it trickling uh, a little past me. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you've gone to our practices uh, or, or training sessions, as Corbs would probably like me to say, but um, PFP is one of the most important things um, for him and for us at the time. I mean, that was, if we can get an out as a pitcher and be an athlete, you know, we're, we're taking that opportunity. I remember Peyton, the leadoff guy laying that bunt down and it getting past me. And I don't know what happened, but I just remember thinking, Hey, this is, uh, this is an opportunity to kind of spark the team a little bit. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to dive and I'm going to try to get them. Um, and I remember doing that. And I think from that point on, um, I was ready to rock. I mean, I, that was, uh, that was that moment that needs to happen to a player where he kind of just settles into the game. And, um, we were all excited. I mean, this is, uh, Finally, opportunity we get to go and into regional play. This is the opportunity for us to get going um, for this year and make a run in national title. And um, man, I think that uh, that sparked uh, a lot of opportunities for, for all of us. Um, again, I can't talk uh, without getting emotional about the team that we had and, and the guys that we had on the team. But uh, that game I mean wow I think that that was uh I mean Oregon was really good at that time too really good that was a good team that that we were playing and um I think that was a that was a game where we kind of realized that we have the pieces to run for this and uh it's time to go it's really time to go and and nail this down so the next night you're in the dugout you guys are going into the ninth tied and then Ro Coleman gets that infield single that uh, gets through the left side. You guys win the regional. What's going through your head at that moment as you watch that unfold? Uh, extremely happy. Um, you know, I think that that's uh, the time we kind of knew that this was this is it. You know, this is the time where we're going to need to step on the gas a little bit, step on the pedal, and and make a run for it. Um, I mean, uh, just across the board, I think that, you know, guys that were carrying us all through the year really stepped up. Um, everybody just did their part. Everybody did their part. Um, the, the trust that we had in one another was, was, was incredible. And I think that that was, uh, I don't know. I, I think that, that that whole series really stands out because, you know, we're in the position now to get to where we were the previous year and it's time to take this opportunity and take full advantage of it and, and really make a push of, of what we all thought was, was definitely on the horizon. And that was to, to win a national championship. Okay. Let's reset the stage from there. You are, you win your regional, of course, you're supposed to play Indiana if the seeding goes, and it would have been up there. Instead, Stanford beats him. I believe Tommy Edmond, who's now a starter with the Cardinals, walked him off with the home run. So you're unexpectedly playing Stanford. Uh, you guys end up winning that Super Regional in three games. I think you pitched game two against Cal Quantrill. 
preached pretty well. That's the game you guys didn't win uh, because they walked you guys off with the home run. But just walk us through your memory of that Super. Uh, I actually, you know, kind of rewinding a little bit. I remember watching the last game when uh, uh, Indiana was playing Stanford at Indiana. And I remember playing, or at least watching Shorber. Right, we were all joking about about him and the run that he was on, and and the success that he was having. Um, and yeah, Stanford ended up walking him off. I remember watching that in the dorm room with with a bunch of the guys, um, trying to figure out who we were going to play play next. But I, if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that that was the game where if Indiana won, we would go to Indiana. But since Stanford won, we played at home. And that's that's correct. Yes, I, I I could be completely wrong, but um, I remember we were all kind of shocked. Like, oh my, well, we get to, we were supposed to go on the road, you know, we get to, we get to stay home. This is this is unbelievable. This is great, right? Um, and I think that we had a long night in the dorm room. I, I, I actually it was probably pretty close to maybe a dozen of us in in one dorm room while watching this game, and and. Uh, Kind of look back and go, man, we, we, this is the best case scenario. You know, we get to we get to stay home, we get to play in front of our fans, and and uh, make another run at this. And um, Stanford was on a roll at that time. We knew what we were going to be facing, um, but that's uh, that's a series. I think that our team really wasn't going to let the opportunity pass. I think that we all knew what was in front of us. Um, we weren't going to let this opportunity of, of going to Omaha, uh, you know, mess us up going into next year. We wanted to quote unquote conquer the, uh, the opportunity and, and make sure that, um, we took full advantage of it. And, um, this is, uh, <laughs> it was a series of games that I'll never forget. Um, you know, obviously if you really look at, maybe it's in the highlight video or not, but, uh, the celebration that we had uh, after that game, or those those that series was was incredible. The whole Vanderbilt community got behind us, and um, man, what a what a what an opportunity, what a what an experience for all of us. And our move on to you know what has been driving us all year, and that's to to make a run at at a national championship. And you know we definitely had the pieces to. Uh, to do it. I remember Tim told me after that season that, of course, Adam Ravenel gets walked off in that game with the home run. I want to say it was Austin Wilson, but I don't remember who it was for sure. Mm -hmm. And he tells me, he said, I look in that dugout, and he said, I know immediately they're going to be fine by the way they reacted. What do you remember about being walked off and kind of hitting the reset button for game three? There wasn't a panic. Um, You know, I think that Corbs trusted us so much that he knew we were going to wake up and, you know, not do more. I think that we had so much trust in one another that, you know, we, we knew exactly what we were going to need to do in order to, to make the next step. Um, you know, I think what made us so strong is that, when you go to Vanderbilt and a lot of players can, can tell you this, there's a standard that needs to be met. Um, 
there is things that are expected of you to do. Um, but when you look at coach Corbin as a, as a coach, a head coach, you look at, you know, I wasn't around the hitters a lot, but Travis Jewett at the time that he was there, Scott Brown, the training staff, the strength coach, everybody, you know, I think that there was a trust level that they had with us that we were going to do everything we needed to do in order to be in the best position to go out there and win. And they held us to a high standard. I think going into that third game, there was no panic. The staff, the coaching staff let us do our thing. I think that that's what made us extremely tight moving into further into the postseason. And, um, you know, I think that we have to give them a lot of, of credit for this whole thing because um, without a panic, without, you know, a without certain stress, I think that we're not as good as a team as we were. I think that um, it really helped us mature a lot. And um, I remember going into game three and, and just kind of sitting back and laughing, you know, this is great guys. This, this is my opportunity I've been waiting for. I mean, this is, this is it, you know, now or never. And we all as a team embraced that. And, and uh, wow, what a, what a third game. It was um, definitely an incredible time. Well, of course you win that one. You then go to Omaha, which was your first trip to Omaha you take the ball in the opener and it's a really good Louisville team that you just seem to play every year in the postseason, no matter what. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember your teammates take you to a four-run lead at some point early in that game. You leave in the six with the lead. I remember Brian Reynolds made a great catch against the wall um, and left early in that game, I think, to, to bail you guys out a little bit. And you guys hold on and get the game one win out there, which is huge. Walk us through that night. We're playing Louisville, you know, I think that, uh, or should I say uh, Louisville, because, you know, I have a couple of teammates who played for them currently and they get on me all the time for saying it wrong. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> that was a team that pushed us out the previous year. Um, I think that that kind of all in itself explains the entire situation, but um, they had another great team another great opportunity and um, for us to go out there and, you know, make that next step and, and carry on into the tournament. But um, it was Omaha. It was game one of, of an opportunity that we all wanted to experience. And uh, I think that, you know, we kind of obviously playing on a bigger stage, playing in front of more people. Um, it was an environment that we weren't very close. You know, we weren't very, you know, used to, um, yet and uh you know i think that that was kind of the icebreaker we uh got that game luckily under our belt um we were able to carry on into the tournament and and uh became game one of of a run that uh, i'll never forget okay walking through the rest of that regional you guys bump up against some adversity. Do you have that weird game with Irvine that you win? Walker Buehler goes five and third, but you lose Xavier Turner right before that game, who was your third baseman. Really great glove to have you or behind you in the field. 
Tyler Campbell goes in that spot. He barely plays all year. Of course, you know the rest of that story. And then you go down, you lose game one to Texas in the bracket final. Um, you're on the hill for the elimination game. I think you struggled with your control a little bit. You end up winning that game because Tyler Campbell gets that infield single uh, to win it. Walk us through your memories of that night. Well, uh, TC was one of my roommates in, in my freshman year. Um, you know, uh, it was me, Rhett Wiseman, and, and Tyler Campbell. Um, man, did he take full advantage of his opportunity. Um, we needed him bad. Uh, he's one of those guys that we all kind of look at and, and uh, obviously a great teammate, great guy off the field. Uh, you know, a guy that I was extremely close with, um, you know, we, we needed him, you know, you always hear the stories of that one certain guy stepping up and taking full advantage and, and helping a team win. Uh, that was him. Um, we, uh, are very, very happy that he was on our team. Um, and a guy that we were very lucky to play with, um, while we were at school, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, to keep a long story short, I think that we were the team that if you throw us against the wall, you put our backs up against the wall, it's not a good situation. It's not a good opportunity. You know, it's not a, it's not the best thing you could possibly do because we're going to find a way to win. And I think that um, that was certainly us. Uh, we weren't going to let this opportunity get away from us and, um, man, we, uh, just never gave up and, uh, everybody did everything they could to, to get through it. And, um, I think that's what made this team so special, especially, uh, these games moving it forward, you know, into the championships. Well, you're right about the backs against the wall and you guys playing your best because, you move on, you play Virginia in the title series, you get Nathan Kirby, and I mean, he's just dealing in that one. You're down 2 nothing mm-hmm. early, uh, and then comes the most memorable inning probably in the history of your program. You've got one out and nobody on in the third. You roll through and you get nine runs. Tyler Campbell's three-run triple uh, it was a big part mm-hmm. of that. How do you remember that inning watching that from the dugout? Oh man, it was it was surreal. I think that um you know, I think that we all know one rule in baseball and that's obviously it's not over until it's over. I think that people are very clear of that and they know that, but um you know, we knew that we had the team to do it. I think that we knew that very early on in the season. Um you know, it's one of those things where you just, as a player, you, you you know, you keep pushing, you keep playing the game the right way. You keep playing the game that you've been playing all year. You try not to get excited because there was a lot of game left. Um, you know, ninth inning, there's still a lot of game left. You have to, you have to let the game play out. But I think a lot of us internally were going, you know, man, this is, uh, this is it. You know, we're on a roll right now. We're head-to-head with a team that is on a huge run themselves, um, that have 
unbelievable talent, but this is it. This is us. No, no matter what happens, we're going to respond. And um, I think that that was, uh, wow, well, what a team. I think that, um, you know, we <laughs> didn't say a lot that series at, at all. Um, we knew that we were there for each other, but we just wanted to play the game the right way and and uh, just let our really our abilities take over. And, and luckily, um, yeah, we, we had the right people doing the right things. And um, I could talk days about uh, that last series. It was obviously a series that I'll never forget. And um, we will be one that I tell for the rest of my life. Well, you survived that night. You get that big inning early. You guys hang on late. The next night, you get the start, pitch well, but that one doesn't go your way. And then we fast forward to game three, and it's the seventh inning. John Norwood's at the plate. I think you guys had not homered as a team since, like, May the 16th. It was impossible to get balls out of the yard in Omaha, and Norwood does it in that case to put you guys up a run. You hang on. <laughs> what do you remember about that at bat? Oh man. Um, you know, I, uh, Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. Um, if you look at a championship series, there's always one play or there's one event that takes place that obviously changes the complexion of the series. I think that, um, you know, Norwood was, was big for us all year, uh, when it comes down to it. Um, it's scary when that guy got his got his arms extended um, against a premier closer. Um, you know, it was his time to shine. It was his opportunity to take advantage and put us over that that hump. And um, again, just time after time, just guys stepping up to the plate, taking full advantage of their opportunity to have success and. Um, you know, it was kind of surreal, but, you know, after that home run, it set up a, a save opportunity for Adam Ravenel, who we spoke about earlier. Um, you know, that was his time to, to take full advantage opportunity. I, I don't know. It was, I was, I'm speechless about it because of the excitement we all had once we saw the ball go over. Obviously, it's a, it's a moment in Vanderbilt history that will always be remembered. Um, you know, I'm... Uh, <laughs> that was that was the that was the moment that was that was what took us to the next step and i think that uh you know uh just watching that from the dugout with my arms around my teammates um just waiting for one of those moments to happen and it did um yes very exciting uh obviously uh a moment that i'll always remember i'll cherish and you know we'll talk about for rest of our lives what was that like watching the last inning from the dugout because you had Virginia leads off that inning and I don't remember who the hitter was but he hits one towards the gap looks like it's going to be a double Rhett Wiseman gets a perfect jump on that makes maybe the best defensive play of his life at least at Vanderbilt and then Ravenel strikes out Cogswell and Panero to end it how nervous are you guys in the dugout as you're watching all that unfold uh, we were never nervous, I don't think. I think that we were extremely excited, obviously. But that's what made our team so great, and that's nobody was ever nervous at any time. I think that 
as a player, you get jitters, right? You have that feeling deep inside that you want that first pitch in the inning to be over. You know, I think that what made us so special is we were just extremely obviously excited that we were putting this opportunity to win a national championship. Um, you know, we relied on Raffinell all year. Um, another one of my, t- uh, my roommates who I was able to spend a ton of time with, you know, it's, uh, that was his time. You know, he was, uh, he was a bulldog. He was a guy that took the ball whenever we needed him to, to, to go out and pitch. And, um, you know, I think that uh, we wanted to enjoy that inning. You know, I felt like for me personally, that inning was in slow motion. You know, I think that I pretty much remember every single pitch that, that Rav threw. Um, you know, wow. I mean, this was our chance. This was the opportunity that we've been waiting for this whole year, ever since we were at Bandy as a group. And, um, you know, no, no one else more that we'd want on the mound than, than Rav and uh, him sealing the deal would would put us in uh, Vanderbilt history and um, put our team down as as the first uh, first uh, baseball team that ever won a national championship uh, in Vanderbilt history. And um, wow, this uh, I'm I'm speechless. Really, I, I uh, it's been what, five years now, six years now since that time. And um, there's so many emotions and, and thoughts running through my head that um, it's sometimes hard to even explain uh, the feeling that we all had. But, um, wow, I'm so thankful to be a part of that team and, and uh, you know, go down as a as a national championship Commodore. I mean, that's uh, that kind of just says it all. It's interesting to hear you answer that because if I'm in that uniform, that dugout, I'm probably just trying not to throw up in the ninth inning from nervousness, <laughs> but that maybe that's what made you guys so great. You talk about the opportunity and enjoying the moment in slow motion. How were you guys able to do that as a team? Oh man, you just go through so much. Um, you go through so much, you prepare every single day. You know, as as important as school was and, and is, um, we wanted to get done with class so we can get on the field. You know, this was, as you probably have heard Corb say, you know, that field was our playground, right? Once we all stepped on that field, this was our time to grow. This was our time to get together and really become extremely close um that was our time of of therapy right as all of us as as student athletes getting on the field and playing the sport that we love it was therapy for all of us and and especially for me personally but um you know uh that's just who we were you know regardless of who we're playing what our job was to do you know team playing well team playing bad we still had one goal, and that's just to play our best baseball, let everybody take care of, of their job, and we're going to have success. And even to that last inning, you know, same situation. Everybody you know, everybody felt the same. Um, what a great opportunity to have to, on that stage, in front of those people, our fans especially, 
and to just take a full opportunity of and take full advantage of of what we've been working on all year and that's to to go out there and, and win that game and that's exactly what we did Let's go to the postseason 2015. That, of course, your last year. You strike out 11 and beat Lipscomb in the regional opener. I remember the Indiana game. Dansby Swanson, late in the innings, has or late in the game, has a huge home run and then makes that great defensive play going to his right. Uh, from that point on, I think everybody knew what was going to happen. You guys beat Radford 21 to nothing on a rainy Monday. That was your last game ever at Hawkins Field. I remember you playing left for an inning. Rewind to that uh, 2015 Nashville Regional, if you would, please. Uh, and I don't mean to say this in, in a bad way at all or sound cocky or anything. I wanted to preface that, obviously, first, but um, we've been there and we're just going to do it again. You know, this is this is us, you know. We're, we're, we've always been deadly, but... Um, man, having that experience, we're coming for you. You know, we, we all didn't have to say that never needed to, but look out because the boys are tighter than ever, um, coming off a national championship run, which after that season, we, we really made a point to kind of, you know, kind of push that aside, right? Not completely forget about it, but help that championship kind of motivate us into the next one. And, um, you know, that, that regional obviously was, was last regional for a lot of us. Um, very emotional. Uh, again, obviously we put ourselves in a good position in the year, but to be able to play that regional at our home field. Um, wow. I mean, uh, obviously a very, emotional time for me uh you know um I don't know I think that uh <laughs> every time I go back to Vandy every time I step on that field that regional steps out to me obviously with that being the last games that a lot of us played there um but you know at that point you kind of have to put those emotional feelings aside we still have a job to do go ahead and win this let's move on to illinois who we would eventually play let's just do this whole thing over again you know and we were not a bit we were scary this scary team um and uh you know we were definitely uh one that was going to be really really hard to beat really hard to beat well, I know you guys don't think about it this way because your coach would kill you if you did, but you guys go to Illinois. It felt like you were going to win the series before it started, honestly. I remember everybody had you winning that series. You go out, you throw six in the third, you beat Illinois 13 nothing in the opener, you win 4-2 the next day. That just felt like a chance where, or an opportunity where you guys had been there, they hadn't, you guys were peaking at the right time. I just would have been shocked if you had lost that, that Super Regional. Yeah, again, I, I don't mean to say this in a bad way or, you know, come off as being cocky or whatever. That's just not the type of guy that I am, but we weren't going to lose. You know, you can ask anybody on that team. Just wasn't going to happen. It, it, you know, that, that wasn't, a, that wasn't even a thought for us. Right. And I think that 
you know, winning that first game was obviously important. Um, we were facing a very good pitcher at the time. Um, you know, I, we came out and, and on fire, you know, like we never missed a step. Um, one of those moments, I think it was in game two or it was in game two that really stands out to me was, was we were facing Tyler J who, um, a lot of us played with the previous summer with, with team USA, um, left-handed starter, extremely good, you know, what was going to be a very high pick in the draft, which he was, you know, so on and so forth. And I remember the, the wind blowing in probably, I mean, it seemed like it was blowing in at about 40 miles an hour from my field. And, uh, I remember sitting in the dugout, um, obviously ready to pitch in case I needed to, but throw in a hundred and some odd pitches the night before probably wasn't going to get in, but as you know, as I was, I was, I was ready to go, but I remember sitting in the dugout with Dan's and uh, he was sitting there looking out in the field and this is how confident our team was. And this is some dugout dialogue, I guess, if you want to call it, but um, I remember going over to him. I'm like, Hey man, listen, great opportunity for us to, to do this thing over again, right. To make the next step to Omaha. And uh, he was just dialed in on Tyler J warming up. And uh, I'm like, Dan, you, you all right? Like everything, everything going okay? He goes, you know, Dan's very confident. You know, he's always he's an incredible player. At that time, was the best player in college baseball. Um, he looks at me and goes, I got him. I'm like, kind of knew what he was thinking about. I knew, I knew, I kind of like caught his drift. You know, I was, I was kind of feeling, he goes, I got him. And my eye, right, man, like, yeah, of course, we'll go ahead. And he goes, uh, Peter in, I got him. Oh, one, I'm going to do it. Sure enough, goes up to the plate. Dan sits a line drive that would seem probably 150 miles an hour through the wind and, and put it over the left field wall for a home run. And, uh, you know, me personally, I don't know if a lot of guys heard, but I kind of stood. I just I remember walking over to the to the bench and sitting down after that whole thing was done and going, "Wow, uh, you know, if our team's thinking like this now, especially our, you know, our best player, I think we're going to be able to do this thing again." And um, again, the boys are rolling. This is another opportunity that we're going to have to to make another run at this. And um, you know, that was just one of the many stories that I have with. My teammates, the the confidence that we had as a unit, and um, man, what a special team! I'm sitting here. I've got the mic on mute as you talk, but I'm kind of laughing as you telling that story, just about Dansby being locked in, but also like the notion that you actually think you might have a chance to pitch in that game after throwing 100. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like really, you you thought Corbin was going to let you in at at some point? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen him. I've seen him do some crazy things, man. You know, I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that when it comes down to it, I'm there for the boys. I'm there for the team. You never know what's going to happen, right? You never know if we're going to go into extras. You never know if there's an opportunity for me to go out and get somebody out. You just never know. Um, That's how I'm built as a competitor. You know, it's just, uh, he tells me to go warm up. I'm going, you know, this is bottom line. It, it, there's no, uh, 
there isn't any days off and there still isn't with me and my career now, you know, it's, uh, it's always go time. And, um, you know, I think that he knew that, uh, I was always going to be ready, but I don't think that he would let me pitch that game, but you know, if there's an opportunity and, and a chance to, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to be ready for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was not going to let you pitch in that game, but that reminds <laughs> me of something. He told me this story about you one time. He said that you would get so amped up the night before your starts that you would stay up and do the team laundry. Is that true? Yeah, I did, actually. Uh, I had a really good relationship with our equipment manager, Garrett Walker. Um, very close relationship with him. Uh, I remember going to the bottom of the, the football stadium. Um, I shouldn't say the bottom of the football stadium, but the laundry room in there that where, where Garrett would do a lot of the clothes. Um, and I would stay there till I don't want to say how late because I just don't want to get in trouble, but I would stay there and help Walker, Garrett. I would help Garrett until it was all complete. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think that everybody was different, right? Um, for me, I can't be cooped up in a room. I, uh, <laughs> at that time, I tried to get my homework done as soon as possible once the assignments were, were given out, just so I wouldn't have to even mess with that prior to a game. Um, you know, uh, that was my time. I, I don't know. I think that, obviously, memories that I've had on the field, memories that I'll have in the locker room, those will all be extremely special to me, but I haven't been back to that laundry room and I know it sounds really, you know, really bad, but I haven't been back to that laundry room since I left school. And uh, I think if I stepped in there, it'd be very emotional just because of the time that was spent in there with Garrett and um, you know, the, the uncertainty of not knowing how you're going to pitch that next day, you know, when it comes down to it, I think that that's uh I hope the room's still there. I don't know if it is or not. I haven't been back in a few years, but, um, you know, it's, uh, Corbs is right. You know, Garrett helped me through a lot and, um, you know, was, uh, <laughs> was his best helper uh, on Thursday night. That's for sure. Now, are you one of these guys that sleeps like four hours a night because you just are so ready to get up and go to the next thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, it kind of drives my wife a little nuts. Um, I don't sleep. Uh, life's too short. Um, I mean, I obviously need to sleep a little bit, but it doesn't last very long. Uh, there's always something to do, um, you know, with my career and, and, you know, sleep is obviously important, which I get the, the normal hours pretty much majority of the time, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I would say that's probably one of my biggest issues is not getting the right amount of sleep, but, um, you know, my motor's always rolling. I think that that's life's too short. I want to take advantage of every opportunity that I can. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of my, I'm not very, very proud of the, uh, the hours I get to sleep, but, um, it's not very much. I'm going to make a prediction here. Uh, you guys don't have kids yet. Uh, but when you do, you share the feedings every two or three hours. I think you're going to get more than your share of those once you and your wife get to that point. 
hey, hey man as long as i can help her out that's uh that's all that matters but um no that's uh i'm looking forward to that opportunity as well and um you know uh we're a few years away but when that time comes uh i'll be ready to go i'll be ready to go that's for sure I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about your career, then take a couple from fans quickly uh, so I can let you go here in a bit. But um, the uh, man, the defining moment of 2015 maybe was that gaming. It's Fullerton. You pitched and Thomas Eshelman is just throwing the game of his life on the other side. The rain comes in. You guys catch a break with that. And then Jaron Kendall walks them off with just a bomb to the alley in right center. What do you remember about that day? Cool, man. Uh, <laughs> I I don't want to say thank God for a rain out, but um, needed it. You know, I needed that that break. I think that Ash, who we some of us played with the, the previous summer as well, when that guy's locked in, it's scary. He doesn't miss at all. You know, I know that he's really famous for only having, I think, like three walks or something in a season. But, man, he uh, when he's when he's locked in, it's it's uh, it's pretty fun to watch. Um, we all knew what he was capable of doing. I think that, you know, I'm not a hitter, but, you know, if you talk to Dan's or Rennie or Xander, you know, they they – knew what they were going to be facing. Um, that rain delay was a blessing in disguise for us. Um, was able to give us an opportunity to kind of take a deep breath and just regroup. And Jaron, you know, I think that uh, he was big for us all year. Um, again, that was, you know, the Norwood S, you know, like the, the, the opportunity that, we needed a player to step up and produce, and that was him. Uh, Jaron, uh, that was probably one of the farther balls I saw at my, and uh, you know, in my Vandy career from from the guys, and um, you know, he uh, took full advantage of that. So it's it's a special moment. Those those will always replay in your head um, all the time, and. And, uh, you know, luckily we were, we had Jaron on our team, that's for sure. Your final game of your college career is that start in game one against Virginia. If I remember correctly, you had something like 102 degree temperature. I think you made Tracy Campbell, your trainer, swear to secrecy and not tell Tim. You were not <laughs> going to be denied the ball. And if you guys win that series, that's probably one of the most easily three or four most memorable performances in the history of animal sports. Instead, that kind of gets forgotten um, because of the way the series ended. But what do you remember about that day and how sick were you? Oh, man. Uh, I was very, <laughs> very ill. Um, you know, uh, I remember my my wife now, my my girlfriend at the time. Uh, she was in town. Uh, obviously, she went to Omaha and was able to watch. I remember uh, her scrambling out, getting Pedialyte. She can get whatever she can get her hands on to just. I mean, I was I was in bed. I couldn't move. 
uh, it was kind of like a, I don't even know. It was, if I had like a bad flu or we couldn't get it diagnosed. And, you know, I would see Tracy on the down low, you know, I'm like, I remember going into her and telling her, listen, Tracy, like just, I need, I need something, but please don't tell Corbs. Like, please, like I will be ready for this game. Don't, don't worry. Like I will be ready to go. And, um, I remember, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, drenched in sweat. You know, I remember getting in, uh, an Uber, um, with my wife, Sabina. I said, listen, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get out. I gotta get out of the hotel. I know I can barely walk, but I gotta get some fresh air. I remember getting out of the, the, the car by the stadium just to walk around and get some fresh air. I remember stepping out of the Uber taking five steps, looking at her and getting right back in the Uber to go back to the hotel. Um, I remember laying in bed and going, listen, Mike, this is my last, this is possibly my last game ever, right? This is my last game ever as a Vanderbilt Commodore. Got to pitch. Not only am I going to pitch, I'm going to go for as long as I possibly can. And when it's over with, I'm going to try to put our team in the best chance win best situation to win and um i remember taking a full bottle of pedialyte i remember chugging it putting in a bunch of granola whatever i get my hands on just to to have the energy to get back on the bus and um yeah i didn't uh i think corbs knew i I really did i think that uh he knows that if he said something to me i would not be a happy camper um would not be uh He knew I was I was going to be ready. I think that, um, I don't know. I think that um, you know I remember getting to the stadium. I remember pitching. Uh, I remember you know sometime when I when I used to pitch and I still pitch. I, I don't remember a lot, right? I'm I'm so competitive and there's so many things going through my mind that you know I think that uh, you know I don't really soak in the the full moment, but that. That opportunity, that game, I remember like it was yesterday. Um, wow, what a what an opportunity for me to to put our team in the best position to win. I think that you know um, I had the support of all my teammates. Like every game, you know, just every every game, it was just the same stuff. But um, I know that uh, Corbs obviously did a really nice gesture at the end of that game um being able to to walk off i mean i'm i'm getting emotional even talking about it now and it's been you know quite a while but um i have nothing respect for my teammates uh i have nothing respect for you know above respect for coach corbin and, and the coaching staff um our fans who drove out there like wow you know like wow I'm speechless. Um, definitely uh, a moment I'll never forget. Uh, luckily, it was caught on tape, so every once in a while I can watch it just to bring back that memory. And um, yeah, wow, it was uh, what what a what a time. I, I don't know what what a what a great uh, couple years it was um, playing there and at Bandy. It's just. Uh, Unforgettable. Carson, I've got a couple of questions for fans before we end the podcast, if that's cool. Of course. Yeah, whatever you need. 
Our mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood. He can take care of all your insurance needs. Call him today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshuamintonhq or at facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about it here. Golden Parachute says... What makes Tim Corbin so special, and can you give an example? Oh, man. Uh, where to start? Uh, I'll just start off saying, you know, I, I had an unbelievable dad growing up. Um, you know, he's uh, quite old now, and I think that he'll be a little upset me telling people that, but, um, you know, a military man who – you know, ran a household that, uh, you know, it was yes, sir, no, ma'am. It was, uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Excuse me. Uh, household, um, academics were very high, you know, across the board, right. I got to give my credit to my dad, but, um, I always joke around and when people ask me about Corbs, how he's doing, and, um, you know, a couple of guys I'm really close with on uh, professional baseball. Now they always ask me, Hey, how's your second dad doing? You know? And I, and I, he is, I mean, by far, um, uh, un- unbelievable guy. I mean, I can't even, you know, and I, I'm probably saying the same things that people all across the U S would say, um, built me as a man, uh, challenged me, in places that I never thought I would be challenged. Um, I've always been competitive, but, you know, he uh, pushed me to, to get the most out of my, you know, inner competitiveness, um, you know, pushed me in the classroom. I, I, I don't know. I, I, could, I could talk for hours and days about the type of guy and how much he's influenced me, but, um, you know, uh, I owe him a lot. I owe him a lot. Um, you know, there was uh, some stuff that, you know, I kind of don't want to talk about, but um, off the field that he's helped me with. Um, always been there for me. Uh, you know, without with talking about Corbs, you, always, you know, have to mention Maggie. Um, she's unbelievable. They're <laughs> definitely – you know, the definition of a power couple, um, you know, I don't know. I could go on and on about him, but he is a very, very special man. Me personally, I think that he'll go down as the best college baseball coach of all time. Um, without a doubt, hundred percent. Um, you know, I don't know that a lot of my teammates, a lot of guys that played in the past and will, you know, get the fortunate opportunity to playing under him, you know, hopefully soon. Um, what a decision I made, what, uh, what a culture and, and what a, I don't know, organization he's built. I mean, wow. To be even, to even be just one guy and all the guys that he's ever had. And, and you take all the accomplishments, you take all that stuff out of it. Um, I'm fortunate to have gone there, to had the opportunity to to play under him. Um, 
unbelievable. Like I said, I'm, I'm probably being extremely repetitive, but I have uh, nothing but love and respect for him and his family. And um, again, changed my life completely. He's uh, he's a centerpiece to, to what I'm going through right now. And that's uh, playing major league baseball. I mean, I, I still just give him um, all the credit in my career. Did you get a chance to watch last season and winning it all the run in Omaha? How much of that did you get to see and what's going through your head as you're watching uh, Tim Corbin lead that much through all that? <laughs> the same, same guy I had when I was there, you know. Um, his, uh, his demeanor, his, his spirit, I think that he, talk, he talks about his players and you know, in terms of their spirit, um, he's a God. I mean, I, I don't think he'd like me saying that because of how humble he is, but, um, wow, he's a God. I mean, I, I don't know when it, when it comes down to it, he's, he's by far the best to ever do it. Um, me personally, I know you have the woodens and you have all these, all these, coaches in college sports, right. That are just extremely famous and well-known. I think that he should surpass every single one of them. I think that if you spend enough time around him, I think that you'll kind of get to, uh, get that feeling. But, um, wow. I think that, and and that's really, I mean, I know that's a strong statement for me to say that he belongs to the very top of any college coach ever, but, I truly mean it. I think that the time he puts in, the the word, the, the the motor, the motor he has. It's talking about a guy that doesn't sleep. I mean, guy sleeps in his baseball uniform for a weekend series, and is you know what I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's just it's the best to ever do it, hands down. End the story. Universe says, do you have any funny or interesting stories from your time at Vanderbilt about teammates or coaches that would give us insight into their personalities? Oh man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch what I say. Cause you know, I want it to be obviously censored and, and respectful, but, um, man, I, I, honestly, I think when it comes down to it, the, the biggest the biggest memory I have was obviously my roommates and the times we had and, you know, the, the road trips and everything. But I remember, like it was yesterday, my first time I met the group that I was going to be playing with for those three years, and that was... Uh, I went to, I went to summer school early. Um, I was there by myself. I wanted to get some hours in. Um, so it would be a little easier on the back end when I left. And I remember finishing that semester and going, okay, you know, I kind of have, I kind of have a good feel of campus, but I want to get to know my teammates, right? Where where are the guys that are going to be? So I remember going home for a week, coming back for the fall semester, my first fall semester, and I was um, staying at a hotel with my mom. And I, at that time, I, I kind of started developing a relationship with Rhett Weinman. Um, 
playing with him, knew that I was going to be rooming with him um, prior to going. But I remember staying at uh, a hotel just down the down the street from camp. Excuse me, down the street from campus. And uh, I remember, and if you don't know Walker Beeler, just you know, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? He's He's uh, a very interesting individual, one of my best friends. Uh, but I, I didn't know. I heard a lot about Walker, but I didn't really know. So I remember uh, staying at the hotel. Rhett calls me and goes, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come by. I'm going to swing by. I'm going to come say hello. I said, okay, please, like, come on. Comes over, opens the door. He goes, hey, man, listen, like, we're going we're gonna to go try to find some of the guys. Let's go, right? Like, I want to get to meet them. So I remember walking out, and we get a text message from Walker, me, Rhett and I do. And we both uh, phones ring and the elevator coming down. Walker goes, Hey man, I'm here. You know, I'm right outside. Let's go. Let's go. And I've never met this guy before. You know, I'm thinking like, wow, this guy's like extremely comfortable. Like, you know, I don't, like this is, you know, like I want to kind of meet this guy first. So I remember the elevator opening. We walk walkers right in front of the elevator, arms open, just as loud as can possibly be. Hey, let's go. Like, you know, we need to, we need to do this, right. We need to go out and, and grab some food. And, and I remember we gathered up a couple more guys and I remember all of us going to that Chili's um, down the street and first night, first night on campus, there was four or five of us there. Like we've known each other for five years. Um, you know, I remember walking back as, as a, as a group to the hotel. Luckily some of us were staying there and, uh, knowing, you know, man, this is really special. I've never experienced like something like this before. All I know is, you know, my high school team, right? I'm, I'm so young. I'm new to this. This is it. But man, this is, uh, this is going to be something special. And, um, you know, uh, again, if, if you guys don't know Walker very well, uh, I would strongly urge you get to know him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's uh, one of a kind and um, a guy that, you know, I'll always remember, uh, you know, being there for me. So, um, I have a ton of, I have a ton of stories. I, I have to be censored. I have to <laughs> make sure that I'm not saying the, the wrong thing, but, um, the list goes on and on. It's, uh, that, that first moment really stuck out to me though. Well, I dealt with you a lot more than I did with Walker, but just reading some of the interviews and things he's done since his stock has risen in the pros He's a pretty intense guy, it seems to me. I still remember this. I think the closest I ever felt I was going to see one of Tim Corbin's teams get in a fight. I remember the Florida series was always chippy. And it was the 2015 series, I think, at Hawkins Field that um, I saw Walker. I, I thought at one point he he looked like he wanted to punch somebody in the Florida dugout. So that's kind of my impression of the guy. <laughs> He's, uh, <clears throat> again, one of a kind, uh, I mean, just to say it, we, we were inseparable, uh, my years there. Um, one of my groomsmen at my wedding, um, I talked to him a couple times a week, either through text or a call. I roomed with him last year and, you know, like I, he's, he's been a very, I'm very fortunate to have him as a friend. Um, you know, he's helped me through a lot as well. I think that, 
he's an incredible athlete. Obviously, he's a dominant pitcher. I mean, it, you know, he's one of a kind. But his, I think the one thing that really, I mean, there's a reason why he's so good. I mean, that's his competitiveness. You know, his he he's never satisfied, and I think that that's a trait that is very hard to find. I think that you know, people can get very comfortable and and just satisfied with how they're doing it, right? But for him, it's he's a special he's a special breed. Um, he's one I I mean he's my when it comes down to it he's my pitching coach. Like I'm gonna come out and say that. I he's helped me. I've had some issues in the past couple of years. He's helped me through that. You know I I, I don't know. I think that uh, I'm not surprised that he's doing what he's doing now. I think that we all knew he was a special talent, but. Um, doesn't surprise me at all and um you know i'm very very happy for him and, and what he's doing but um yeah uh, I, could, I could see that i could see that from his uh competitive side that's for sure carson i've kept you longer than i intended let me just get two more quick ones out of the way of course, and, yeah. and that'll get you out of here uh atl 14 straight says did you ever apologize to aj reed for making him look so silly <laughs> i uh i uh Actually, this is a pretty funny story. I, um, you know, obviously I had a ton of respect for him um, playing against him. But I, uh, I remember walking into the clubhouse last year in Chicago, and the night before, or excuse me, me rewind. The night before, uh, I'm not a big, very big Twitter guy at all. Um, Social media for me, I, I just am not very active on it. I have a lot of stuff going on I you know what I mean it's just not my type uh, top priority but uh, I remember getting a text from uh, one of my teammates in Charlotte from the previous year and he goes hey uh, you know your boy's gonna be in town and I'm like my boy what do you mean my boy you know like who, what do you mean he goes oh a- AJ Reed will be he, he just got DFA'd and claimed by the White Sox and I'm like oh no right like I've never met this guy before like I don't know the personality that he is I you know what I mean like I know a lot of people talk about that at bat but like man he's gonna be in the clubhouse you know like I get along with a lot of people and I'm not really afraid to talk to anybody but I'm like all right well here's the opportunity and sure enough I walk in the next day I walk in the clubhouse and guess who is my locker mate AJ Reed so I sit down and I make eye contact with him and I just start laughing. I'm like, cause he knows exactly what I'm, I mean, this is going to be the icebreaker, right? Like why this would be an unbelievable, you know, icebreaker. And so I remember him getting his phone out and he goes, Hey man, we have to do this. So I'm like, okay. Take a selfie of him and I, and uh, he played with Tony Kemp with the Astros and I remember him texting Tony Kevin going, Hey, I'm sitting by your boy, you know, this is great. And I just remember Tony just going, Oh man, like how many times have you guys talked about it, that at bat? Well, so I think, I mean, he took it very well. Um, He's a great guy, a great personality. It's just, uh, (laughs) if there was one way to settle that, that was definitely the way to do it. So um, very, uh, very fortunate uh, that he was a good sport about that for sure. All right, last one. 
how have you gone about your strength and training and pitching workouts during the coronavirus outbreak? It's been tough. It's been tough. Um, you know, uh, once we got the news a couple of weeks ago, uh, <clears throat> again, I don't sleep very well. So my wife and I hopped in the car from Arizona and drove back home uh, to Seattle. Um, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta talk about my mother-in-law, uh, she's a doctor. She is in the middle of all of this, you know, all this tragedy. I, I, I have so much respect for her and what she's doing. Um, but we were kind of prepared before we left. Um, I was able to make some changes to my house, um, supply myself with, you know, the essential weights and bands. And, um, I, love the weighted ball. So I have a weighted ball uh, unit in the back of my house. Um, you know, all that I, I was, I was pretty prepared for something to happen. And, um, with me, I, I don't stop. And I feel like there's always something to do, especially with, with owning a house now. So, um, I was very, uh, very prepared for this. Um, I've been doing a lot of in-home stuff. I haven't been getting out very much, but, um, I have a great neighborhood that I like to run in. You know, I have the opportunity to do all the stuff I need to do at the field here. I think the only thing really missing is is getting out and, and throwing those bullpens. But I've been trying to get out, uh, you know, a week, once once a week or so, twice a week to, to get a good bullpen session in um, under good circumstances. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I had a, uh, had a great spring. Um, it's definitely been very uh, – been very motivated to, to get things going on the right foot this year and um you know i made uh made sure that i have everything at my uh hey carson i really appreciate uh your generosity with your time and all the stories i think people if they've heard this now can understand why i enjoyed covering you so much i want to wish you the best of luck as you guys get through these times and also the best of luck as you pitch for the White Sox this year. I know my son and I will be eager to follow you. We've got the MLB package and are look forward to seeing you pitch for the White Sox this year. Yes, sir. No, I really appreciate this. I know uh, um, I'm going to be back to campus soon. I know that uh, Annabelle holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I'll be back in town. I'd, I'd love to see you guys. And um, again, I, I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. He is Carson Fulmer. I'm Chris Lee. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast.